Welcome to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Anna. And I accidentally named my characters after American Girl dolls. So I've been working uh. <laughs> on some sweet contemporary novels and I was writing and for whatever I from the beginning the main character of the first one was named Molly and as I was writing she has two roommates and I was like okay what names go well with Molly and I picked Emily and Susan and I continued to write and I was about halfway through and I was like wait a minute <laughs> hold on <laughs> hold on and I started laughing and I had to tell my sister I was like the American Girl doll Molly had two friends and they were named Susan and Lydia in the book but then in in the course of the stories her family um takes in a British girl who is is in America to be like say from the Aries and whatever and her name is Emily and I started to laugh so hard because I totally named my characters un- unconsciously after American we just girl. need Lydia which which we might get who knows we'll see. we'll see I still have one more book to write I finished yeah. the other two so we'll see which are amazing <laughs> yes Kirsten's got to read them early I needed some feedback on them so they're incredible I feel like contemporary has become my voice like I feel like I found my yeah writing style I think I think that I would definitely not limit yourself to that because you can, I know you can do so much more. Oh, oh it is I'm a, also working on like an urban, a sweet spot. urban fantasy fairy tale retelling type thing. So, Oh, yes. I'm excited for that one, too. So the first book I'm going to talk about is The Codebreaker's Secret by Sarah Ackerman. This book takes place in two different time settings, which I know is like a little overdone but I really <laughs> liked these because they they weave together it kind of drives me crazy when one time period is like the other time periods like character's grandmother or great great descendant or something and like the two timelines never connect except that they're relatives and like the grandchild is just like discovering all these things about their grandparent during world war ii like that's just like it's not bad it's just so overdone <laughs> I really like this because it's not really like about, you know, World War II, even though 1943 is one of the timelines. Um, it, it, you know, there's more things about 1943 in that era than World War II. Like other yeah. things were going on. And the other timeline is 1965. So it's not like the people in 1943 are dead in 1965 yeah. you know but yeah. they're not the main characters in 1965 you know it's like okay different people and you don't know how it connects until they start reading together and you start you know hearing names and you're like whoa wait, wait a minute hold on, <laughs> hold on yeah so let me set up the premise real quick so in the 1943 timeline the main character is isabel cooper and she is a code breaker so like top secret think like um purple although they call it uh, magenta in here. That's that's one of the codes they're trying to break um, during World War II after Enigma. This is after. So if you've seen like the Invitation Game or studied um, Alan Turing or anything like that, it's after that, after that code has been broken. So they're trying to break mainly Japanese codes um, in, this, in this book. And she really wants to be stationed in Hawaii at uh, Pearl Harbor because her brother was uh, killed during Pearl Harbor. And I know, very sad. 
and she and her brother were like best friends and she really wants to be stationed there so she can kind of see where he was before he died and meet some of his you know war friends and talk about him and learn about the end of his life and not like his death but like <laughs> his you know, <laughs> and the months before he died um and so she um is very successful in her code breaking and she ends up getting stationed in Hawaii. That's not really a spoiler. That's the setup. And so she meets her brother's best friend and basically starts hanging out with him. And he takes her to all of the places that he and her brother would like hang out and and yeah they start having a little bit of mole spark there i was like do they fall in love oh, maybe so cute <laughs> and then 1965 i actually really enjoyed this because it was very very different like 1965 and 1943 were totally different fields. the amount of things that changed between yes. those two decades is crazy yes yeah yeah so this timeline is about a journalist which I enjoyed because I'm a journalist I work in marketing and communications but um, I went to school for journalism I do a lot of journalism uh, within my job and outside of my job so I just really you know really enjoy reading stories about journalists because I relate to their lives and I like hearing about it so the main character Lou um, she kind of gets a lucky break in her career by going to Hawaii and she's very excited because this is the opening of the Rockefeller Hotel so oh, it's cool. on um Mauna Kea Beach I don't know if I said that right that's the hotel Mauna Kea Beach Hotel something like that and um she is covering it and she's with this other journalist who's very experienced or he's a photographer kind of journalist mainly a photographer and he's like a lot more experienced and you very quickly learn that this journalist is the same person as the guy in the 1943 timeline who's yeah i know <laughs> and um he's like what 40 now he's yeah. older yeah for sure yeah. and yeah so they start working together and they kind of form like an uncle niece kind of relationship, which is fun. And they're okay. In both of the timelines, there is some sort of murder mystery, kind of. There's some sort of mystery that might have to do with murder, might have to do with accidents, you know, some sort of death that happened and there's a mystery around it. So that's interesting. And the code breaking is interesting. And uh, like, it's just all really good. There's a lot of really good characters. Um, there were... A few elements that I just I don't know it didn't really like fully hook my attention every second you know mm. it wasn't quite as engaging as I thought it could have been but I thought the historical detail as well as I could tell that the historical detail was well done and I thought that it was you know very like it really made me think about it it made me think about what it would be like to be on Hawaii in both 1943 and 1965 so there's some surfing but so that's fun so it's kind of fun because there's you know it's Hawaii and tropical and there's this fun beachy feel but it's also 1943 and 65 and like you've got the old tiny kind of war events going on so yeah some good flavors I've always wanted to go surfing but I do not have like the physical stamina <laughs> to go surfing i'm like i would die <laughs> that would be so much fun i just yeah i'm not athletic i'm not yeah i know bad. i'm pretty weak <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah especially upper body yeah I'm extremely weak I don't which know is like the really whole thing need that too well much. you gotta get out past the what is it called it's the break true. or whatever yeah. and like i would die i would not be able to I, it's on the bucket list i want to do it at some point it, yes yes 
So my first recent read is the last book that is currently out in the series I talked about last time, the Love Stories in Sheet Cake, Texas series by Emma St. Clair. And this one is called The Pocket Pair. And it is about um, Val and Chevy. Um, Chevy is the brother of the character from the bluff, Winnie's brother. And this book, oh, the cow. It was so good. It was so good. They, I related to Val a lot in she really wants to get married and have a family. Like that is what, like she's an artist, but she really wants to get married and have a family. And all of her friends are falling in love. All of her friends are getting married. I relate to that a lot. <laughs> we are in that era. That era where like every time you get on Facebook, someone else is engaged. And someone yeah. else is married. And someone else is having a baby. And I'm just like, okay. I just really loved it because the whole time it's like she likes Chevy, but she's like saying, I can't fall in love with him because he's my best friend's brother. He's all like, she's my little sister's best friend. I'm like, I can't fall in love with her. And then he's dealing with some like family trauma and she's all got family trauma and just like them learning to like communicate and like fall in love. And it's just it was so good. I just really love Emma's writing style. It's just like super fun and funny. And like some some of the situations are like completely ridiculous. Like they're at this bar and this guy comes in. It's Uh-oh. it's her Val's ex. And he comes in and he's trying to do like this grand gesture to win her back or whatever. And he has an owl that he like <laughs> captured. And then it like takes up. Like it's, there is, okay. In her books, there's always like, not always. There was one book that didn't have it. I can't remember which one it was. But there's always like some crazy animal escapade. Like in one, that. they get like attacked by swans. In in one, I'm going to talk about at some point. There, <laughs> dude, I I read it right before my family came home from camp, and so I was telling my mom about it. And they all looked at me like, "You're weird." But um, oh, this, you this are. I ends up on a date that he doesn't really want to be on, and he's in, <laughs> he's in this restaurant that is supposed to be like it's a reverse farm to table. So like you you sit down and then you go out and you pick the animal that you're going to eat, and then they like, they like kill it at the restaurant. Ah, no, he's like. Yes, yes, he's freaking out. He's like, what crazy place am I in? And so he's having this, like, like crisis inside. But he's, like, trying to play it cool because he's like, I don't want to be here, but I don't offend this woman. So he goes out, and there's goats, chicken, and cow, I think. And he, like, sees this little, he, like, tells the the waitress, he's like, yeah, I want to eat goat. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to eat goat. And then he sees this little goat. And he's like, I cannot eat this. And so he literally steals the baby goat and takes off and leaves his date at the restaurant with this baby goat. The hands up. That's naming so funny. Pepper. And it was it was just so there's like all these moments in these books with like some animal. Escapade. OK, that's really funny. Every single one of like almost I think there's one book that didn't have an animal moment in it. And I can't remember which one now, but there's there's like, yeah, squirrels and dogs and cat like that's turtles. Amazing. And they're different every time. And like. They're so funny. They're so funny. And so, yeah, this this book was great. I I love all of Emma's books. I'm going to talk about two more in a minute. But, yeah, they're just great. And I love them so much. Oh, fun. So the next book I'm going to talk about that I read recently is one that Anna has never heard of. It will be very new to her. It's called By Blood and Blade. It's by (laughs) Anna Augustine. Did you read your physical copy? No, I listened to it because I wanted to hear oh. the audiobook. So I listened to By, Lo- By Light and Love, which I had not read before, which is crazy. And I listened to By Blood and Blade, which I have not read in a year and a half since, bef- like, right when Anna wrote it. Like, I read it a few she, weeks she read, or something. She read the 47 word or 47,000 word 
very rough draft. <laughs> no, it was good. I really liked it before, but I did not know what changes were going to happen. So there were several moments where I was like, whoa, wait, 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 what? That like for one not- thing, they actually get to know each other. <laughs> oh man, it is like, ah, uh, okay. I know that we've talked about it, but I'm just going to give my little review because I got to listen to it. I'll give my review. Okay, here's the audiobook. So I love that there were two separate narrators, one for the guy, one for the girl. That was awesome. I loved their Middle Eastern accents. Weren't they so really good? Cool. That was awesome. Um, I loved the way that um, they did like some of the... I don't even know how to put it. Like the internal speculation, there's this book is a book about, you know, it's an arranged marriage and well, kind of, yeah. Forced marriage. Yeah. Arranged Forced, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. If you want I, I say arranged marriage because I mean, it's kind of like yeah. work together and have to make it work. So yes. I claim that as, yeah. It's if not you a whole synopsis, we give it in one of, I think a few of the previous episodes and you can follow the link in the show notes on Goodreads. But um, I really, you know, there's a lot of really good internal speculation. And sometimes too much internal speculation in a book is mm, no. But this book has like such good internal reflection and thought and healing and just working through things. Um, and and I just love the way that the narrators did it because it doesn't get dull, you know? It's just mm-hmm. stays very engaging and interesting. So I love that. Anna is... Mm, I love these books. I love it so much. I love that it kind of has this like Aladdin spice to it, you know, but it doesn't feel like they're going to hop on a magic carpet necessarily, you know, like it still yeah. feels very grounded and real. Like it doesn't feel magical because it's, it's not really like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not fantasy, magical fantasy, but yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not magical. Um, my favorite character is, oh man, I don't remember her name. Who's the girl um, from the other kingdom asa asa the kingdoms are kind of on the brink of war but she's my favorite character she's just awesome and i'm excited for any future content that she may be in by blood and blade go read it <laughs> or listen to it or listen to it yes and by light and love was also really good um i listened to it with my mom which oh, really you did? oh my gosh <laughs> We were uh, driving to where I'm living now, actually, because we were checking out apartments and stuff. And we had like an hour and a half in the car and we listened to Violet and Love because it's a novella. And it was fun listening to a book with my mom. It was great. I I keep talking about listening to audiobooks with my parents, but I really recommend it. It's really fun. (laughs) Um, It was really funny because throughout the book, sometimes my mom would just be like, just tell him or like <laughs> it was so funny I just loved her reactions it was awesome or she'd be like Anna! my dad read my blood and blade and he's like literally if they just talked this would all be okay and I was like I know but there's trauma and trauma does not enable good communication yeah. skills yeah. dad so it was and really it's, it's more than that too like you can't just I guess when you're in confrontation you can't always just talk like even if you try mm-hmm. to talk there's so much there and you can't Like, human emotion is very complicated. Okay, so my next recent read is, it's hard because it's a series of five books, and they're all standalone, but they're about a friend group of five girls who are all roommates. And so the first one is called Falling for Your Best Friend's Twin. And um, it's really cute. Um, It is, it is, but it's funny because she's like, (laughs) so the, the main character is Abby, and she is a techie girl. She, um, 
builds apps and is like okay. an IT person. Yeah, she's, cool. she's like, and she's really quirky. She's got like pink highlights in her hair. She has her own sense of style and she's like embraced who she is. And the whole thing of the story is kind of like her struggling with kind of like herself, like who she is because she's been mm-hmm. bullied before for like who she is. So her best friend is named Zoe. And then her her book is the next one in the series. But anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, she recommends Abby to her brother, Zane, who's starting up. Um, he's He's doing a startup for an app of some kind. I don't remember what the app is, but they're having problems with um, some bugs in the app. So he hires Abby as like a freelancer to try to like fix the app. And so mm-hmm. Abby's had this huge crush on him for forever, but she's like, I can't let, like tell him because it's Zoe's twin. And that would just be weird. It's like dating Zoe. And so she's just <laughs> like, no, but like, as they're working together, Wait, he ends what? up. What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, it's, it's weird, but like they're very similar personalities, and she's just like, I can't do it. I I can't. Okay, that makes sense. like I can't do it, even though she wants to do it. She's just like, I'm not going to, because Zoe would kill me. As she's working with him, and there's some other things that happen where he ends up like in close proximity with her, and they start to fall for each other, and it's super cute. And that's book one, and then the the other four are fantastic. I'm going to talk about another one in a minute, but that's Falling for Your Best Friend's Twin by Emma St. Clair. Talking about a lot of romance this episode. I am in a contemporary romance binge. Like that's no. all I've been able to read. I had for not like noticed. a month. I don't know if it's because that's what I'm writing or what, but like fantasy is just like too much for me right now. And like rom coms are just like although when they get to that third act breakup, that like kills yeah. me every yeah. time. Well, hey, sometimes you just need something light, and that's okay. Reading is supposed to be, like, for us, not, like, damaging to us. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get into reading historical romance again. It's been a long time. I have recommendations. I mean, I still have, um, like, Gabrielle Meyer book on my shelf. Please read that. (laughs) It's on my shelf. The one that I just recommended and the one that I'm about to recommend, I would recommend to you because I'm pretty sure they're both clean. Yeah. In the other one, in the one I just recommended, there's like an almost scene, but it it, it stops. Like it, it doesn't even happen. Like it's not even like, oh, alluding to it. Like it, it they don't even do anything. They don't do it. Okay. No. Um, so that's <laughs> almost scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really tired. I've no, been okay. staying up way too late. <laughs> um and then this one I don't think there's any no this one's like perfectly clean yeah anyway okay so I'm going to talk about the girl and his shadow this is by Audrey Blake so this is a story okay a few disclaimers is that the right word mm-hmm. yeah a few disclaimers here there is a lot of medical gore I don't want to say gore. It's not like violence gore at all. Like there's not violence. It's like, like she works as a doctor basically. And it is like very detailed sometimes <laughs> like surgeries. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like every single little thing, but it, it gets quite detailed. So if you cannot do that, do not read this book. I could never watch a movie of this book, but I'm not as sensitive to like reading. So I was fine. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So if you feel like, you know, you listen to this podcast or you know me and you have a, a similar sensitivity level or, you know, can judge it based on my own. I was fine with this book. Um, I mean, a few times it made me like, uh, kind of like uh, shudder a little bit, but it was fine. Um, okay. So this book is about Nora and she was basically a kid when the cholera outbreak happens mm-hmm. in England. Her entire family dies. So it opens with this doctor um yeah it's really bad <laughs> it opens with this doctor going into this house and finding the entire family dead even though the day before they had seemed like they were getting better and this little girl is left she's really little and he takes her into his home there's no one who will take her and his housekeeper who i love she's a wonderful character uh basically makes her you know better <laughs> Nurses her back to health. That's there we go. Say that. I'm so eloquent. She makes her better. So uh, Nora kind of becomes this doctor's ward because it's not like you know she's his daughter, but she's his ward. So she basically becomes his like medical assistant over time, and um, the majority of the book takes place when she is older, like you know in a young adult and she basically has to hide everything she does because it was illegal for women to practice medicine beyond basic Mm -hmm. nursing so she is incredibly challenged by those limits there's um this kind of assistant surgeon that comes in to live in their clinic and work for them and she does not like him and she's like oh I have to hide my secret from him I can't practice medicine when he's around until one day he walks in on her (laughs) dissecting someone wait 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 a body someone who's already dead uh like an autopsy well no it's not autopsy it's because um so they weren't really allowed to do like examinations unless they had uh family permission and like even then like they couldn't really it was just the laws around looking at bodies and corpses and stuff was very strict from what I gathered and so they would basically hire people to (laughs) grave rob for them and go dig up freshly buried corpses bring them to the clinic and then take them back and bury them and no one would notice and this was yeah but it was absolutely necessary because they didn't know as much as we do now they couldn't like their autopsies weren't as thorough you know autopsies weren't really in the norm I don't think Mm -hmm. and so they would be like okay we had this patient a week ago and now they're suddenly dead and they just buried them we need to find out why we need to find out how we can prevent this in the future so there's this you know girl and she's you know accepting her trying to figure out how she died and he walks in and he's like what (laughs) what the That is like just a tiny part of the book. Like this, this is about, you know, her trying to fit society as a doctor, even though she's not allowed to be one. It's also from his perspective and his, you know, reputation gets really tarnished in, in the medical school. And it talks about um, a lot of the, you know, advances that were happening in medicine with the operating theaters and sanitation and, um, in Italy, some uh, women are allowed to practice medicine and, and, you know, that causes a stir and things like that. But it's really interesting. And there's some romance. And I really like the, the it's kind of a found family situation because it's the doctor, the housekeeper, 
the assistant surgeon and the ward and none of them are related but they kind of form this sweet little family so I thought that was cute I know yeah I do recommend this book it's The Girl in His Shadow by Audrey Blake I didn't find it to be too like pushing like and she was always ignored and you know horribly mistreated and and misogyny like it wasn't too (laughs) it wasn't like horribly you know emphasizing that all the time like it was just the way it was and and it's not like we have like the super modern agenda in this old-fashioned book you know so it's I really enjoyed how it made its point and it was clear and it was precise without like going after you know society back like then like hammering was, hammering yeah there's nothing today's we can do. Do. yeah <laughs> i mean obviously that's, we that's why now but yeah that's why when they they try to like can we just tell history the way it was so that we can learn from it and how to make things better now versus hammering yeah. what we think it should have been like <laughs> Yes, exactly. You know, like, like, let's just learn from history versus trying to change it. Yeah. And then yeah. change the future based on what we've learned from the past. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting off my soapbox now because no, so okay. many, so many recent, like, historical books have been doing that. And I'm like, can we just acknowledge yeah. what was and, and change the future? Yeah. Because we can't change the past. Yeah. And I like in the books when they are, you know, they're fighting for the next step that's ahead of them, you know? Like mm-hmm. during the suffragette movement, they were fighting to vote. Now, like we're, you know, a lot of the um, feminist movement or whatever you want to call it is fighting for equal pay because that is still not a thing in a lot of places. There's still mm-hmm. not equal pay. And, but back in this movement, you know, the women doctors weren't fighting to be treated equally. They were fighting to be doctors at all. You know? just so be like, doctors. Yeah. 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 So they were fighting for the next step ahead of them. And, and that's all they could do. And it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed how she had a strong stomach. Like that woman, I could never shout out to all those healthcare workers. It was actually really fascinating. So if you have like a grotesque fascination (laughs) with medical things, like read it. (laughs) Okay. Moving forward. What's your last recent read, Anna? My last recent read, I'm going to tell you about my favorites of the love cliches, which I talked about the first one, but my absolute favorite of the three was called falling for your feet fiance so each one is like okay so in the in the first book we meet sam and she is a secret like advice columnist person called dr love and she gives like advice so she has roped her friends into sending these emails in to her (laughs) that she can like build up like a platform and so now she has a like a book deal (laughs) well it doesn't end well for sam that's all i'm gonna say okay um but although her story is one of my favorites, but it's a spoiler because it's the very last book in the series. And so I don't want to spoil anything. Anyways, so she's writing this book with advice from Dr. Love. And so each of her friends has like a a trope that their love story falls under. And so that's hence falling for like your best friend's twin falling. The second one is falling for your boss who is much older than her. And I didn't like that one. Very oh, much. Mm. <laughs> it was just a little weird. Like she handled it very well. Like it was I gave it. Wait, how stars. older? How, how 19 years what 19 years oh so like she's old enough to be like her father yeah it was really gross but yes it, it was she handled it very well it just was not my favorite it wasn't but like the character's really good it ended fine it just was not my favorite then the third one's falling for your um your fake fiance then falling for your best friend and then falling for your enemy and they were all very good i, I enjoyed every single one of them 
but falling for your, your fake fiance i don't know why i like the like the fake dating slash arranged marriage trope so much but i absolutely do and Thayden and delilah were just so cute and she she Thayden t-h-a-y-d-e-n oh and um he so we meet him in, in falling falling for your boss because he is gavin's lawyer and um and best friend and he is such a like playboy jerk <laughs> in the first book and then you find out it's all like a front because his was like his dad wants him to get married and he's like i'm not like i don't want to do anything my dad wants me to do but then when his dad dies to in order for him to oh. inherit the law firm <laughs> he has to get married within three months of his dad's death or he loses the firm Ooh. and so he's like doesn't want to get married but like his dad's kind of backed him into this corner and so his mom ends up tricking delilah into signing this contract that says she'll marry him and so they're gonna get married but like it's like this whole thing of like should he like force her to do it but she said she'd do it and like this yeah. back and forth and it's so cute and this he's the like... sweetest little munchkin and then <laughs> she has the whole like tro- he is he's so sweet like he like you learn like it's all all an act because he wants to be everything his dad doesn't want him to be because he doesn't like he doesn't get along with his dad so like it's been like this act this whole time and he like is like wants to spoil her but she feels like she can't accept it because of her past and it's just so stinking cute this is like do you remember okay anna do you remember the filipino rom-com i showed you Yes! Oh my gosh! Yes! I love that I have to recommend a movie real quick. I showed this to Anna We watched it because we thought it was going to be so stupid. It ended up being the No, I had seen it before. I wanted to show it to you. I have seen this movie way too many times. (laughs) No, I thought we watched it because we were like trying to find something to watch and we're like, well, let's just try this one. And neither of us had watched it and so we were watching it and we were dying. You know what? Acting wasn't true. Well, I've seen it lots of times since then. I've showed <laughs> you it showed to a way lot too many of people. people. Yeah, you showed it to a lot of people since yeah. then. But we we were like trying to find so something funny. dumb to watch, and it ended up being a really cute movie. Oh my word, it's amazing! So it's what is it called? Um, um bride, bride for Hire. Bride for, for Hire. Hire. Yeah, it's ha- okay. It's weird because it's like half Filipino, half Spanish. Like they go and back English. And forth. There's English in it. There's, like, there's, there's a some few of the English. Phrases. Yeah. Yeah, they use some English yeah. phrases in it. And so it's like mm. you're reading the subtitles and all of a sudden, oh, this is in English. And I then think it goes it's back to technically Filipino though. Like I think it takes place in the mm-hmm. Philippines. And it's so good. Everyone go watch it. It's so good. You will cry at the end. We were bawling over that. We were like crying. We're like, why is this movie so cute? <laughs> okay. Anyway, this is because we read podcast. I mean, right now Whatever. apparently we're on a romance gig. So you know, whatever. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about book titles. Okay, there has to be a happy medium because, like, one more titles are great, but then sometimes titles are too long, and then I don't remember them. So, like, I feel like four to five words is like a good title length. Yeah, yeah, I think. Okay, I just yeah. I understand the copying and pasting. You know, like. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. You know, like that all the way through. Like that makes sense. It makes sense. Well, because of the series, right? Like the series is the Harry Potter series. And then this is the title of this book. And you can refer to them just by the second part of it. You know, like I would just say Goblet of Fire, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I really like it when that is not it. Like we, Anna mentioned like a quarter of 
uh, Thorns and Roses Thorn and Avatar, Rose, that yeah. series drives both of us crazy because it's like a quarter of this, quarter of that. And there are so many. And like, how things. do you keep track of them? Like, I've never read them, yeah. but like, Court of Thorn and Roses is the will. only one I know. And I think that's the first book in the series. I think so. Yeah. But then there's like, like a court of like something Frost and Frost something, and Fury or something like that. I don't, like, I don't know. And it just like, there's two. And then other people have used that format, like of blank and blank, or like that one's really popular. Yeah. Like, so many people are using that. And then I'm like, but then it gets confusing because it's like, my brain automatically goes to Sarah J. Mask because she's just Moss, however you say her name, because she's just so popular. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. It also, okay. It also drives, <laughs> I'm going to talk about good things that I like about titles, but this is the other thing that drives me crazy. I don't like when the first book in a series will be the series name. And then the rest I of agree. the series books are called something else. I understand that maybe you were not planning on making it a series. Series, yeah. But like figure it out figure it out especially like, when the they're something else <laughs> yeah especially when they're they're standalones i mm. feel like that gets more confusing because it's yeah. like it's the series of this but the first book is called this but then they're standalone titles and i feel yeah. like yeah yeah i feel like series yeah. titles are nice because like the the so the wonderland trials i call it that but like the the series is called the curious realities i always forget that that's nice you know like, um so then nice. the wonderland trials and then the looking glass illusion and then the series is the curious reality yeah like it's not that hard to come up with a series name that's separate mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. and i kind of get it like with keeper of the lost cities the first book is called keeper of the lost cities and so is the series but after that they're all one word titles which i actually really like like it's exile Everybody which again i don't those. think i don't think she act I don't think she intended for it to be a series. <laughs> no, it's like... I feel like the first book kind of ends enough where you yeah. are satisfied. Like, there's still some unanswered questions. But, like, it ends well enough that you're, like, satisfied. And then I think it became... Yeah. And then it just keeps... Yeah, snowballed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> bigger and bigger. Now there's going to be 11 books in total, I think. Yeah. With Yeah, with the 8.5. So it's yeah. 10 with the 8.5. No, because there's going to be two more books, I think. I think there's just... She said one last I heard, but, like, you know, it just came. Maybe not. It was supposed to be nine, and then it just keeps going, so, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I love that content. But, um, like, having to refer to the first one as the series name is really annoying, but I really like all the other ones. Mm-hmm. I love, okay, Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, R- Ruin and Rising. It's very simple. Like, yes, there's a template, but it's just blank and blank. Like, that's not that annoying. Yeah, and then yeah. I love like, that it's Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Like, those are totally different. And then King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. Like, okay, I guess it's kind of annoying that Six of Crows, King of Scars, Rule of Wolves, like, those aren't in the same series. Like, Six of Crows is the first in a duology, and then King of Scars and Rule of Wolves is a separate duology. So I guess that is weird. But, like, Six of Crows is so unique and distinct, and everyone knows what isn't there is, you know? Isn't there a sequel to that one? Yeah, Crooked Kingdom. Crooked Kingdom, okay. But, like, those, I can get on board with those titles. And, okay, I love the titles in these war-torn hands. Like, it's these war-torn hands, and then the beautiful ones, and then um, the, all the, the, the glorious fields. And the glorious yeah, fields. I love it when the title is in the story. Mmm, title drop. Like, like, By Blood and Blade. Like, there's a reason it's called By Blood yes. and Blade. And the it's a, there's a, and there's a, like, they're about, like, each title of the three I have written um it's a vow in the story yeah so like 
that's really as a reader that's when it's like oh my gosh it's the title um yeah and And so it's just really fun Mm -hmm. yeah and the title doesn't have to be like an enormous thing but I really like it when you kind of don't really think about the title and you're reading and then as maybe you're like three quarters of the way through and then you realize like oh that's why the title is this like I never would have known that at the beginning of the story I love that Bible and Blade was actually called something else at first and then when it was called how you saved me oh yes it was it was and then my publisher was like that's too much of a contemporary name like you need to mm-hmm. and so we went through I literally was reading through it and like writing down and then yeah. I hit on by blend blend and like this is perfect all right now we're going to talk about some rainy day reads that we enjoy to we enjoy reading when it rains that <laughs> that was didn't a come out of my, I didn't want to come out of my mouth right so what we mean by rainy day read is like a book that he would curl up with a cup of coffee or tea and light a candle and have a blanket and just like binge read the whole book. Obviously, um, it has to be raining outside. Yes, while it's raining and thundering and yeah, just like, like cozy. Storm. Like there's not even the question of going outside. You just want to sit by your window and enjoy your book. Yeah, absolutely. Which was always the worst when I was working at the school because it would just be like, especially in the rooms I was working in because they had tin roofs so the rain would, oh. like, it would sound like like it'd be like I want to sleep or I want to curl up with a book and read and listen to the rain on the roof but I had to work so um <laughs> yeah so they're just books that we can like read in a day and be all cozy and like comfort read so the first book I'm going to talk about is Short Straw Bride by Karen Whitmere this book is an arranged marriage <laughs> oh no way (laughs) shocker and I had wanted I remember seeing this book when I was like 15 or 16 and wanting to read it because it sounded so cute it's like this girl meets this guy when she's younger like little she gets her foot gets caught on a bear trap and on their property and Uh. so he saves her and then she grows up and she has like a like a limp her she's got like a bad ankle from that bear trap I don't remember exactly why, but she ends up on their property, sick in their house. And it is a it is a group of four brothers and they are very like reclusive. Like they don't go into town unless they need to. They like are trying to like protect their land from getting like bought out by like the railroad, I think. No one really likes them. They don't like anybody, but they end up this girl's in their house. And so someone comes along and is basically like well she's been in your house for like this many days and so one of you has to marry her because her reputation's ruined and oh. so the oh, oldest brother okay, that makes sense yeah the oldest brother actually remembers her and kind of has like kind of likes her and he's thought about her a lot over the years and he's like i kind of want to marry her but all the other brothers are like well she's kind of like seven brides for seven brothers where they're like well she's a female and we all like think she's beautiful we all want to marry her and so they pull straws and he ends up that's awkward um he ends up like and she hears them like draw these straws so she's like none of them actually want to marry me and so she's like really angry at them but the the older brother ends up bringing it so that he has to marry her and then it's like kind of like their love story and it's so (laughs) cute (laughs) there's another novel and then there's like um a short story novella type thing that she wrote with one of the other and then in the story the one brother falls for like this girl's friend or something and it's really cute and i really enjoyed it and it's just like one of those books that you like you could read in a day and just like get lost in their story and yeah it's really cute yes i love that 
Okay, I am so excited to talk about this book because I have not thought about it. Okay, I have this super weird memory of reading it. I read the entire thing in a day, I think. The day before I moved out the first time to college. So this was four years ago or something, something like that. And I just, it's such a distinct memory. I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember thinking like, I'm about to go to college. This is crazy. Like, I don't know why that was just very distinct, but- it's Like I a core memory, it. right? Like, yeah. Like yeah, a core memory well, of this book. not even. Like, this isn't even a five-star book for me, but I really <laughs> like it. Okay, I, I can't say that. It's not really an anything star book because it's a book of short stories. So each oh, okay. story would have, you know, but I really like some of them. So this book is called, hungry hearts it's a book of short stories about food <laughs> and it's so much fun okay it's there's thir- there's 13 and it is so fun it's all set in this town i'm showing anna the map because it's adorable it's so cute i know it's all set in um it's called like hungry heart row because there's all like this you know block of restaurants, restaurants yeah and all of the I'm pretty sure all of the stories take place within this town you know that's full of restaurants and stuff it's cute I know all of the stories have you know some sort of family or friendship or some sort of like relationship you know at their center and they're all about some other form of food you know maybe a family recipe or you know trying to keep the shop open or something and I loved the food like I felt like I was <laughs> eating the food that they were describing like they do such a good job it felt like I don't know watching the food channel or something and they're also different like food I don't, network yeah <laughs> I don't remember enjoying every single one of them but I remember enjoying quite a few and you really can just sit down and read this whole thing it's not that long there's only 13 stories and they're not like you know I wonder if long, I can so. get it on Hold on. I wonder if I can get it on Kindle. It's very fun. It's very fun. And I love the cover so much. Look it up. It's purple and covered in food and so cute. It's just adorable. And I love how they're all connected. Like, I love that. Like, you see threads through all of them. So that's so fun to read. I would definitely take this out and read this again. My next cozy rainy day read is The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Which you've probably, if you've been on social media at all, have seen, like, people have, like, animated parts of this and they've voiceover work. But it is, like, the most adorable little deep book that talks about just, like, life. It's just beautiful. It's, like, little, like, line drawings. But there's this little boy and he, like, meets the different animals. So he eats, like, the mole and um, talks about how it's small. But, like, you make a huge difference. And then, like just like like each page is just kind of like little like simple thought but like it's so profound and the art is gorgeous and the book is like it's like a coffee table book like it's just beautiful and I don't know how to explain it but it's like you can easily read it in like 20 minutes and just sit down and read it and just so cute and that and it's very Instagram worthy too if you have a reading goal for the year that will not yeah. come out. I think minutes. I'm going to reread it <laughs> so I can because I'm a book ahead right year. now, but it's just it's very fall too. Like it's very like autumnal like yeah. feeling. Like it, I think it's winter because they're out in the snow. But like yeah, they're in the snow. But, but like it's just in really... winter, do you really want to read books no. about winter? No. No. <laughs> no. 
but it's just a super cozy book and it's Instagram worthy and it's very pretty and I love it. Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Maxey, I think is how you say his name. I don't know. But I have seen so much of this book online and I have been wanting to get it on my shelves forever. So maybe this fall. I bought it with you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I I should have gotten too much money on it. Well, it was very expensive still. I think it was, I bought it at Walmart and it was, it was fairly expensive, but. I thought we were at. I I saw it at a bookstore and then we came back to town and we went to Walmart and it was in there and I bought it. Okay. This book, I don't know if you would sit down and read this one sitting. If you had a long rainy day, if you had a rainy Sunday or Saturday or something. Weekend. Um, I think I read this in two days. So like not that long it's only it's not even 400 pages but maybe not like an evening sitting you know unless you're a really fast reader which you know hats off to you this is the clockwork three this is by matthew j kirby and this book is about three different characters and it's definitely middle grade it's not i would not consider it too young for adults to read at all but it is a middle grade um all of the characters are between 10 and 15 or something like that the youngest is uh Giuseppe and he uh is Italian and he was basically sold by his uncle to this man who took him over to America and uh you know he's one of the basically street kids they they're buskers and they they play uh, music and they have to bring money into like their master and um, then the master gives them like food and a place to sleep but they're often very mean to them and this was eventually and this is true you know that not the book but these events like this actually <laughs> happened where um, little boys would be kidnapped or bought or whatever and mm-hmm. basically turned into slave street musicians and treated very poorly and there is a little boy whose uh, court case actually helped bring um an end to this to make it illegal and um they talk about it in in the end of the book but um this you know is just fictional based on on those events so uh giuseppe he plays you know violin and he finds this enchanted violin one day that makes him a lot of money and he it's beautiful when he plays it so that's how the story starts out there's also frederick and I was listening to this book and I did not like the voice the narrator used for Frederick. It drove me crazy. It was like the voice that someone would use for like an annoying bully or something. I was like, no, this Frederick <laughs> is a great character. I love Frederick. But the voice was so annoying. I was like, please choose a different voice. But that's so besides the point. Um, he is an apprentice clockmaker and he really wants to become a journeyman. And he's really good with machines, kind of like Hugo, kind of that kind of thing. And um, yeah, he is just just so obsessed with clockwork and he's trying to build this clockwork man to impress the like council or whatever like the the the, the, yes the guild guild. exactly yeah um and then the third character is hannah and she is working as a maid because her father used to be um a stonemason i think and he had a stroke and an injury and so he like can't do anything so she's working to support her family and she's only like 13 or something like she's very young and she becomes um this very fancy rich lady's kind of maid servant at this hotel that she works at and um 
all of them are connected to characters who have a big role in the plot and eventually they, the three of them you know their stories become intertwined i really think of this as a rainy day read because it's very like lighthearted and charming it definitely has its plot it pulls you forward like i definitely wanted to keep reading when i was reading it um it's not like i would stay up late every night with my eyes burning trying to get to the next bit like it's not like that but it's very comforting it's a very comforting kind of comfort yeah nice you know old-fashioned England's kind of uh, not England it's America pretty sure yeah um, just yeah like the, the turn of the yes. century yeah yeah I okay I really noticed this when I was reading it and a lot of middle grade or just younger audience books often the adults are either really stupid or villains like there's no in between but that was yes, we case. need we need we need better yeah better adult role models mm-hmm. in middle grade and YA yes I fiction. agree yeah because it's either like oh the adults like if I tell them the dragons are after me they won't believe me or they'll like chain me up somewhere I don't know like no, they'll tell like, me I can't do it like yeah the big <laughs> thing is like because par- parents would like if you're well yeah old kid wants to go off and slay a dragon you'd be like no <laughs> and that doesn't make you a bad person it makes you a, a loving parent, parent. <laughs> yeah yeah but this was really good because um they some of the adults in their lives were not very good people which is like you know the case in our I mean, lives and that's fine but right. like balance that out with like exactly people exactly. who actually and there were there were good people in this book who cared there was um a reverend who was really sweet and there was uh the clock guy frederick his um like the guy he apprentices for um his master or whatever is such a great guy he's so sweet i love him and there's a few other adults who i'm like ah yes um there's this uh russian bodyguard yakov or something like that and I love him he's amazing I love him um yeah so there's some great adults as well even though all the characters are are children so yeah that's a clockwork three by Matthew Kirby all right my last rainy day read I think I might have mentioned it on here before but I mentioned it again because I have a complete collection um and it is the adventures of Sherlock Holmes and other stories as my copy says but this is just like I mean, who hasn't heard of Sherlock Holmes? So I'm not going to explain it. But there are so many fun, like, individual stories in this book. Like, A Study in Scarlet is, like, six chapters. And it's, like, you could read that in one sitting. And it's super just cozy mysteries that are, like, as well. yeah. So, like, these are, like, complete story, like, books. And they have chapters. But then, like, you get to the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And they're, like, just, like, one chapter stories and you can read them like super fast they're just fun too they're like there's no gross content in the original stories that the show's different but the the book's good yeah <laughs> um they're just like when you get to the story with like irene adler they greatly changed that for the sherlock yeah. show the reason sherlock has beef with her is she outsmarted him like that's literally in the story she tricks him he thinks he has her figured out and then she tricks him it's like uno reverse so like in the rest of this like the books as you continue reading like she comes back and whatever and she's just the woman because she outsmarted him and he's like (laughs) greatly affronted by it um so i got when i read it um i got to the point where sure it's so in the book sherlock fakes his death and then he comes back and i got to the point where he like came back with watson 
and whatever. Spoiler. So, so there's like a lot that I have not read. Like I have not read The Hound of Baskerville, which I really need to. So I yeah. have read some of the Sherlock stories, but it has been so long. I don't remember which ones I've read. I have was, a really pretty copy of them though, so I need to pick them up and actually read it. This is like bigger than my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is like the complete set that I have. So I got it for my 16th Beautiful. birthday. And they're just like so fun to like, like again, like light a candle, get a cup of tea or coffee, and then just curl up and read a Sherlock story because yes. they're really fun. Raining. Yes. And they're Do just, this is also a fun like rainy autumn day read because like mysteries are just like so fall, which I'm ready for fall, guys. I know it's only August, Me but too. I'm ready for fall. I'm ready I'm... for sweaters and jeans and boots and hats and just all of it. Yes. So. In our next episode, we will be talking about fall mysteries. We're very excited. (laughs) Okay, my last rainy day read is Wonderstruck by Brian Selznick. I've talked about Hugo Cabret, the invention of Hugo Cabret by uh, Brian Selznick. And I often refer back to it just because, like, I love that story. The movie's good, too. I haven't seen the movie in forever, so don't quote me on that. But I love the the book. And um, in Hugo Cabret, it goes back and forth between text and images and wonderstruck is a totally different story unrelated and it's similar in that way but it goes back and forth between like it's it's two different stories in two different timelines and one of the stories is in sketch form and the other story is in written form and the written form i'm gonna show anna here you can see it only takes up like half of the page so this book is huge but it is like it just takes a normal amount of time like the any other amount of time okay so kind of like kind of like um Keeper Velocities, where it's... But even less. And then, like, all the sketches are beautiful. Sorry, I'm not holding it up very well. Like, so You posted pretty. pictures on your Instagram of them. Yes, yeah. So the two different timelines are 50 years <laughs> apart. And um, they are independent stories, but I'm, they weave together in some ways. And um, Ben's story is told in words, and Rose's story is, is told in pictures. And... Um, they both wish that their lives were different, even though they're obviously living in very different times. Ben uh, really wishes uh, to know his father that he's never known. And Rose is dreaming of this actress um, whose life she's chronicling. Very interesting. And one of them is death. I don't remember which one. I think the one told in pictures. Yeah, I think she's- yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's death. the girl. Yeah. And it's- so well done I love the story it really hits you like it is honestly just hits you right in the gut like it's emotional but it's not like a sob fest you know where it's heartbreaking it's very very wholesome and sweet and definitely a rainy day read oh my word such a rainy day read so like there's literally a lightning bolt on the cover (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that is Wonderstruck by Brian Salznick and I highly recommend for fall I mean for a rainy day or fall, you know. Yeah. I feel like as we get closer to fall, though, they, there will be more rainy days. I have such a long reading list for this fall. I need to actually. Put I need to start like, like stacking them up and making a pile of fall yeah. like rainy day reads, so I make sure that they don't accidentally get packed away. Yeah. So anyone read? I've been reading a spooky classic every fall. So last fall, I read. Just Frankenstein. Oh, Dracula. The Have fall you read before Frankenstein? I read Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Okay, was okay. I was like, I thought you did. Mm-hmm. This fall, I'm going to read. Um, you should Declan read uh, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. You should read Dracula Hyde. I read yeah. a a children's version of it 
that we have on our shelf. It was like a, yeah, I remember because I didn't want to read the whole thing and it's freaky as heck. I love the music from the musical. So I'm definitely going to be like listening to the musical while I read it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so That was me with Anastasia and Romanoff. I was totally like, that. that's why I read Romanoff is I was like binging, it was during COVID. And I was binging the musical over and over and over again to Abby's dismay. And then um, my now sister-in-law was like, have you read Romanoff? And I was like, no, she's like, you should read Romanoff. And so I I was like, it was also on sale on Amazon, which is like serendipity. And so I I was just about to say that word. (laughs) Can you tell we're readers? It's like we've known each other for years. (laughs) And so I ordered it and, um, and read it and it was so good. Thank you for listening to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Anna, and you can find me at Anna underscore Augustine underscore author on Instagram. And I'm Kirsten, and you can find me at bookishly underscore aesthetic on Instagram as well. You can also find our podcast account at Old Enough for Fairy Tales podcast on Instagram. (laughs) I always look at you. she's like am I saying it right well because we changed it yeah we changed it I'm like is there because the email is old enough for fairy tales dot podcast at gmail.com and the instagram doesn't have a dot in there no it's just all the one word no every single time I look at Anna she just nods she's like yes that's correct (laughs) I could just say it if you wanted yeah that's true (laughs) I don't know why I always say it you're just more confident I feel like not confident that's you sound more confident Oh, it's fake. <laughs> fake confidence. It's because, like, I don't even think about it. Like, I'm just talking to Anna. I'm not talking to anyone else. Like, Anna, did you know that you could find our podcast at Old Enough for Fairy Tales podcast? What? It's like, it's like those cheesy uh, commercials yeah. that people have to do on their podcast when they get, like, yeah. monetized. Yeah. So how do we want to say goodbye? Maybe I should say something yeah, on the Instagram Keep reading. Story. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop reading, people. Keep reading. You're never too old for fairy tales. That's our sign off. <laughs> There we go. We're done. There's a dude that looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda walking down the street. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. That was really random.